welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Today, I'll be interviewing Mike Uritz. Mike is a nationally recognized dental software and dental EHR expert. He's also the founder of the Dental Software Advisor, and he is an editor for the Dental Products Report. As an industry-leading consultant and educator, Mike has helped many dental groups and DSOs, independent practices evaluate and select software vendors and solutions, and particularly help them with vendor contracts and vendor negotiation. One of the things that makes Mike stand out more than anything else is that he has spent a lot of time helping organizations, dental clients, obtain literally millions of dollars in technology subsidy payments with the federal EHR incentive programs. Today, we're gonna to be talking with Mike a little bit around what is a dental EHR. Many people are familiar with electronic health records. Today, we're gonna to dive in, talk specifically around the dental EHR, but more importantly, we're gonna talk about what distinguishes it from just practice management software, and we're gonna really focus in on some of the benefits and advantages that practices should be taking advantage of in a true dental EHR. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Today, I'm joined by Mike Uritz. Mike has a lot of experience with uh, vendor negotiation and helping provide vendor management for his clients. Today, we're really going to focus in and talk about some of the more important challenges around the EHR um, itself. So we're going to take a really deep dive look at what's going on in the EHR and dental EHR world, and we're really grateful that Mike could show up today. Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, do a brief uh, you know, intro so people can hear your voice and get to know you. And we're so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, hi, David. Well, thanks for inviting me on your podcast. And uh, actually, I want to thank you for having me. I appreciate you thanking me. I'm really excited. As you know, um, I've been kind of evangelizing the idea of EHRs and dentistry for quite a few years now. As you know, I came from the medical aspect of EHRs a number of years ago, and um, I'm really excited to have an opportunity to chat with you a little bit about kind of where dental EHRs are now and, and where the future might be. Yeah, this is this is going to be really one of those kinds of discussions where I think it's interesting because, you know, some of us are boots on the street trying to build the dental EDRs and dental EHRs, and you're seeing the challenges that customers are experiencing. So I think we can provide a lot of value for listeners today. Um, Again, let's let's dive in and talk a little bit about what is a dental EHR. Like, what what does that mean to you, Mike? Oh, uh, that that's a million dollar question. Well, I'll tell you what it isn't is. <laughs> what it isn't is you've heard a lot over the last few years about paperless systems, paperless records, paperless documentation. Um, what to me, what a true dental EHR is, and I'll use my experience of the evolution of medicine, is the ability to capture clinical data in a structured format. Okay, now the, the concept structured might be kind of a geeky techie term, but, but the idea <laughs> is, when, you know, typically we've heard about, oh, an EHR and EDR, it's, it's paper, it's just paperless documentation. Well, paperless documentation is nothing more than like a Word document, right? So your notes, your visit, your information is in just a blob of information. You can't do anything with it, right? So, 
to me, a true EHR <laughs> is, is the ability to capture, you know, how you're doing your visit, how you're doing your procedure, if there's um, appropriate diagnosis in this case, you know, to really separate those things as individual bits of data and to be able to save that information so you can use it for a myriad of things later on. Uh, so, so really, that's kind of a 10,000 review of what I consider to be a dental EHR. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, we use the term structured data. And, and for those of you who don't know what that means, you know, you know, Mike, maybe clarify, you know, my description of it. But structured data really means having discrete fields where you can capture and measure things that are very specific, like uh, smoking status. Right. You don't want that to be lost in a in a database somewhere where you can't get it. But if it's something reportable and measurable and something that you can pull data against, then there's some value in that. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the whole idea is having a people have the term. A lot of people probably have heard the term relational database. So it's taking that information and stored in a way so you can relate the data later on. And, and obviously, as we talk further in this conversation, there's a number of benefits you can get from having the ability to store that data in a structured or discrete form. So when you're, when you're looking at these, you know, what you termed as a true dental EHR, you know, help me understand what, what are the benefits of a true dental EHR? What, what does that mean to you? Or what does it mean to DSOs or to customers in general? Oh boy, I'll, uh, you know, I wish we had like five hours to do this, but I will try to distill it down to a few major benefits. Um, you had mentioned DSO, so let's kind of talk about um, initially, let's go in the, the group and DSO space. Obviously, EHRs are applicable to individual practices, groups, whatever, but, but I think it's striking. Um, as we know, we're, we're dealing with a lot of emerging groups. The industry's changing quite a bit. So you're seeing a lot of multi-location groups, right? Well, um, the concept of clinical standardization strikes me. So that being that, let's say you have 10 locations. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all your docs could actually practice the same way? If there are certain procedures, certain visits, they, they all did it, whether the doc was in Chicago or in Southern Illinois or whatever, you know, you want to have standardization. So the ability to do this is precipitated by having um, an EHR where you can actually, you can, let's say, have a clinical committee that can define how you're doing it, right? The, the software never tells you how to practice dentistry how to practice medicine. The software is a tool. So let's say a clinical committee for the group or practice or DSO can say, okay, look, no matter where we are, this is how we're doing this procedure. This is how we're doing this visit. Okay. And because of the power of storing the information, in a database, you can actually define that. So throughout the whole organization, people can see, the providers can see how they should be doing something. Also, when you go to standardization, let's say you're a group or growing, growing group or DSO, um, you bring on new dentists, right? Well, how do they learn? How do they do things? They can't know everything and every way you do things right off the bat. But the, the EHR, again, using the information from the database, can help guide them to do things the way that the individual group has decided they want to practice dentistry. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think there's a lot of value. I mean, in one of the articles I read that you wrote a little while ago, I mean, you really talked about this when you're talking about, you know, this idea of standardization in the EHR can lead to better clinical outcomes. And in and I kind of see where you're going with this, right? Well, well, it's real interesting. Um, I was a number of years ago, I had mentioned that I had worked in the medical industry and went through the evolution of EHRs myself as a thought leader. And, and I had a client once who was a very large group. They had about 20 locations. And we're sitting down there with the EHR and we we're talking about this concept of clinical standardization. And I was telling all, all the docs that, hey, you know what, guys, we can really decide how we want to do these visits, how you do as clinical folks, right? And you come to an agreement and throughout your organization, throughout your practices and locations, you'll do things similarly, right? And of course, initially the docs were taken aback. They're like, well, I don't want to do this this way. I don't want to do it this way. We've always done it the way we want to do it, right? We do it a little differently. And the CEO stepped in and she was just really excited about the idea that for the first time as a large organization, a multi-location group, they could decide how to standardize throughout the organization how they do their patient care, which was a wonderful thing. So, so that was a really good example of, of kind of how people embrace clinical standardization. Uh, the other thing is, uh, should I go on a little bit? Because there are some yeah, other Yeah, benefits. keep going. Yeah, I, wanna, I, I want you to just keep drilling into that because I think that's really interesting, you know, when, when you look at it. Well, the, the, the other thing is, and I don't want to get into controversy, but what the heck, why don't we have some controversy in your podcast? That's always a good thing. So <laughs> yeah, for, just, 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 just jump it in. Let's go. Right. So <laughs> for years, we've heard the idea of maybe someday in dentistry, instead of just from an insurance and billing standpoint, instead of just the insurance companies paying for having procedures right done, um, that maybe at some point we might have to have appropriate diagnosis which support the procedures, right? Now, of course, everybody's up in arms in dentistry and you hear that because a lot of people believe that will never happen, but you and I both know, we've been in this long enough, the whole medical industry has changed from a procedural-based payment system to what's called accountable care, <laughs> which yep. with, that's why, they, in fact, one of, that was one of the big impetuses for EHRs in medicine was because they started saying, hey, you know what, the insurance company said, show me the data, <laughs> right? Show me the money, show me the data, and show me what you did was justified by the diagnosis, blah, 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 blah. Well, that will happen at some point. And I think, you know, I've talked to insurance companies, I'm sure you have. Um, it is on the horizon. And so the reason I mention that is because you cannot do a system like that, an accountable care system, unless you have all the data underlined, saved, that supports the diagnoses, the procedures, and can relate that all together. So an insurance company says, okay, show me you know, why I should pay you this. Well, now you can pull it out of the system. And so that's something that is not here today necessarily, but that will be coming and EHRs will support that. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, I, I see from, from the work that I do specific with clients, uh, we already see that trend happening. Like we see the requests. We, we know that people want stronger diagnostic capabilities. They want that information to flow into their clinical notes more easily. And I think that there are not only clinical advantages from the provider themselves, but, you know, obviously there's going to be this insurance push that'll probably push it over the top. But, you know, there's some of us that are trying to get ahead of that. 
Like I, I don't want to be in looking in the rearview mirror and thinking, oh, I hope I can satisfy an insurance provider. What I'm looking at is that it's the better way to provide care when it's diagnostic based. And and I think that um, from the CDOs that I've interviewed and talked to, um, you know, for you know, for my regular day job, um, you know, we're starting to see some really big trends that way. And I think that's a, I think it's a, I think you're spot on with that. Well, you know, it's real interesting, David, you mentioned that it's not just the patient care and clinical part. I'll tell you a little secret. Okay, we'll keep it a secret between us. Um, but when I first started years ago, geez, what is it now? Almost 20 years ago, when EHRs first started being involved in, in medicine, we were all, all thought leaders, right? With EHRs, we're trying to push the idea that it makes your clinical care better, makes your patient care. It's, it's better for the patient, better for you as a doc, right? And of course, they listened, they understood that. But you know what really drove it is people at the end of the day have businesses, right? They have practices and groups. At the end of the day, when they realized that it was also financial, <laughs> that, you know, from an insurance standpoint and everything coming, that EHRs could help them get paid faster, could get paid better by insurance reimbursement. Um, that financial aspect really is funny, but that really started driving EHRs. Of course, patient care you know, came with it, but, um, but the actual impetus was, was the financial part of it. And um, I'll tell you a real interesting story. Um, I was speaking at an uh, event as a conference a number of years ago for oral surgeons. And I first started bringing up the idea of EHRs and how important it was. Now, oral surgeons, as you know, it crosses the chasm between medical and dental, right? So it's kind of almost there already. But the oral surgeons were like, why do I need EHRs? Why do I need all this data? Why do I need to show anybody all this data? And it was really interesting because one of the oral surgeons stood up and he said, you know what, guys? He said, I have a contract for my oral surgery group with a very large healthcare system in my geographic area, and they're all going to accountable care. And they told me that as oral surgeons, if we can't provide the underlying data of what we're doing and how they're doing, because obviously the healthcare system, to get paid, they need the information, right? They basically said that you know, if you can't provide that data, then you can't fit into our system. So that was very striking. <laughs> and it kind of showed how, you know, the whole financial aspects and how it really is important. Um, in this case, it was oral surgery. But you can see as we get more consolidated healthcare systems, right, with dentistry being involved with the overall healthcare system, how you're going to have to really provide that data. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing more and more of that integration. I think the mouth is being put back in the body, and I think we're starting to feel that push. And so all of the things that happened for medical, you know, maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, we're, we're beating down the door and seeing that happen in the dental world. I mean, that, that was a perfect example of that. The, um, the other thing, and, uh, and, and please stop me because there's a number of, of benefits, and I'll just kind of talk a little bit about each one, um, and certainly we can stop at any point and, and move on. But um, another thing that's, that's really important is, and again, it's an idea that is standard. A lot of the stuff I've seen is kind of like deja vu, right? It's there in medicine, and why don't we have it in dentistry, right? Well, there's this idea of clinical decision support, right? No dentist no person in a, in a dental group or practice can really know everything that's going on in the research, right? There's oral health research going on all the time in universities, dental informatics, right? They're finding out ways to treat people. Um, you can't have that all in your head. You can't read every book. You have to practice dentistry, right? Well, what EHRs do then is they give you the ability, like in medicine, to do what's called clinical decision support, which means that if you have a certain diagnosis or you're doing a certain procedure, um, because of the data in the system, 
it can actually prompt you and say, hey, you know what? The evidence shows that based on this diagnosis, this procedure, this is a good way to do it. This is best practice. Now, it doesn't, again, it doesn't tell the dentist how to do things. It doesn't make them do things, but it gives them underlying information so they can make better clinical decisions. And that's a big deal, especially in medicine. And you'll have that capability moving forward, especially as we get more of the dental research. We can shove that in those EHRs, and the EHRs can help providers make basically better decisions. Yeah, yeah. I really like where you're going with that because I think there's some um, opportunities for you know us on the on the industry side, on the software technology side, you know, our, our job is to enable providers, not to tell them how to do their job, but to give them as many tools as we possibly can at their fingertips so that they can make the best decision that they can. And, you know, I think it's, I mean, you look at the evolution of like things like ePrescribe, for example, and, you know, I mean, you could probably talk to us, we could probably have a whole podcast just talking about what's going on in, in, in the electronic prescription area, but, you know, how much value is there in knowing about, you know, drug to drug interaction that the software does for you, you know, as an example, right? Correct. And, and, and I think to, uh, it's interesting. You brought up a very interesting point. You mentioned it doesn't tell you how to do it or make you how to do it. It helps you and supports you doing it. The biggest fear, I, I want to go back a number of years when this first started, EHRs first started in medicine. I think we're going to experience the same thing as they grow in dentistry. There's going to be naysayers, providers, right? That like in medicine, for example, said, you know, no, we don't want EHRs. They're going to make us do things a certain way. They're going to, you know, we practice medicine this way. I practiced this way for 30 years, and now it's going to make me do something different. Well, you know what? Software is only a tool. I've been in software development and IT for over 30 years myself. And software isn't, you know, just get software for software's sake, right? Or IT for IT's sake. You get it as a tool to help you do your job, to support your job. So, you know, make no mistake, and I don't want the dentist to make the same mistake the physicians did, the naysayers, right, to say, well, I don't want to do this EHR thing because it's going to make me do things a certain way. It's just really look at it as a great tool to help you do your job better, should you choose to use it. Great points. So one other question that occurred to me, you know, in our discussion was this concept of, you know, you sat back and you were part of that medical EHR evolution. And now for lack of a better term, we're on that path for dentistry. What, what industry knowledge would you say is transferring? Where are we at? What similarities do you see? Uh, what things should we be focusing on um, from, from your experience and, and what you think is going to happen? It's an interesting question. I'm I'm glad you asked it because uh, actually back in 2009, how I got involved myself with dentistry <laughs> for medicine was I wrote an article for a magazine called The Deja Vu of EHRs. And my thought was that now, again, 2009, I didn't know I hadn't gone to dentistry yet, right? But my thought was, you know what? We've seen so many changes with clinical software and EHR and how they've improved medicine. I thought, well, we'd see similar tracks. In dentistry, and now, you know, seven, eight, nine years later, I'm actually seeing that. I'm seeing that a lot of the things that we saw in medicine. So, for example, okay, in medicine, you know, over the years, they finally recognized that mining the clinical analytics would be better patient care, uh, using the data underlying to 
make better decisions, right? Well, now we're starting to see vendors and you're a vendor yourself, right? We're starting to see the importance. I mean, four years ago, I would talk to vendors about analytics and very few of them would get excited about or really know what I was talking about. Well, now a lot of the major vendors you're seeing go to analytics. Uh, you're seeing a lot of things like that, the whole idea of structured data. When we first started in medicine with EHRs, it was kind of like dentistry is now, right? It was just blobs. You would, in fact, voice recognition, right? You would you would dictate, but instead of dictating into a recorder, you would dictate your notes into the quote EHR, right? Which is kind of like dentistry instead of, it's not really dictating, but they're typing it in. It was a blob of text. And then people realized, hey, we can do more with this data, right? So I think I'm seeing a lot of similarities. In fact, it's almost the same track. That's why I'm really excited um, on doing my part in dentistry because kind of lessons learned over the years. So, so I, I think what we're going to be seeing, I think if you look at medicine as an example, okay, I think you're going to be seeing very similar needs and features being developed over the next few years in EHRs that kind of track what, what medicine did. Interesting. Um, any specific examples that come to mind? Uh, well, I think... One of the biggest things I think that people should think about, and they, and this isn't in the clinical per se, but it has to do with the introduction of EHRs. Okay, just, just an important thing to think about. In medicine years ago, when EHRs first came onto the scene, there would be practice management vendors, and then there'd be EHR vendors, and then they would try to work with each other, communicate. Sometimes somebody would have a practice management vendor for 20 years and they'd have an EHR vendor come on the scene and they'd try to work together, right, to do an EHR. And, and what happened during the evolution of that was that the major, the most successful vendors incorporated EHRs and clinical software into their product itself. So in other words, this is an integrated platform. You know what I'm talking about because I know that at Shine you've done that and some of the other major <laughs> vendors have, have done that, right? So I think we're kind of following the same idea here in dental EHRs. And I think, you know, so what I would suggest is for folks, from my experience, right, is to look at Vendors, when I think about getting the HR and not look kind of a kind of an outlier, oh, this vendor has a nice clinical, you know, record. We're going to try to make that work with our practice management system, right? It, it should be integrated. Now, on top of that, I'll add to that, right? You start adding things. When you go back to medicine again, as an example, when they first started out with secure messaging, right? Yep. You'd have secure messaging vendors that have to work with the EHR vendors in medicine, and sometimes it works, sometimes it wouldn't. You'd have patient education vendors that would. So in other words, there's a very disjointed system, right, medicine. And I think the one thing I'm seeing and I hope to continue to see in dentistry, which is really important to think about, and I get these questions all the time, right? Should I be getting you know, a patient education system or secure messaging system to hook onto my practice management system? And from my experience, I guess long-windedly to answer your question, I think it's important for groups, practices, and DSOs to look at integrated systems that basically give you all the functionality um, in one product. I, th I think that works a lot better than having all kinds of disjointed systems that are trying to work with each other. Uh, that, that, that's something I really learned from the evolution in medicine of where EHRs came from and where 
they wound up going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I you know I look at some of the the platforms that I'm associated with, and and we we look at a lot of different aspects of interoperability and integration and integration points. And you know, going back to your point, I mean, there's a lot of standards out there already that exist for you know, how those platforms should communicate, how they should communicate with other EHRs. And those things are pretty well documented. And and it's surprising, um, you know, how that is going to continue to evolve. I think, you know, even considering, especially what's going on in the world landscape today, I think the need for integrated data is going to become even more important than it has been. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. You can't you can't have everything be an island to itself. And I'm glad you mentioned standards because what originally happened was a vendor would try to work with five different third parties, and they would kind of develop their own interface as well as you just alluded to. Now, fast forwarding, I think we have the benefit in dentistry that technology has advanced ten years and fifteen years from where you know, medically HR started and, and we have the advantage of being able to use standardized interfaces, right? I'm sure you folks use it all the time when you do have partners. Um, it's not like you develop a one-off, but there's standardized ways to look at things. And, you know, if the data can be put in one place, I think that's just, just a wonderful thing. It just get a lot, lot more out of the data itself. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. This is this has been such an interesting conversation today, Mike. I, I, you know, I just want to hit you up with one last question um, before we, you know, kind of start doing the wrap up here. But what do, what do you think the future looks like? I mean, wh- where where's this thing going? I mean, you've we've alluded to you know the the interoperability and the integration story, um, and obviously we could spend hours talking about that. But um, you know, where where do you see the, this uh, you know dental EHR evolution going? Well, I think um, I think if I can, I'm going to get in my soapbox a little bit and tell you how we can have a successful future and what it's going to take. And then I'll talk about where I think the future can be. Um, I think that I'm glad folks like you're doing podcasts about EHR and there's more EHR information because realistically, as you know, being a vendor, um, you're pulled in a million different directions, right? Uh, <laughs> having to make profits, <laughs> having to work with existing customers. Well, the reason I bring that up is because I think the more education we do, it has to come from the industry, the, the practices, the groups, the DSOs have to understand the power of having electronic health records in dentistry and have all the features and functionality. Because not until the industry demands that we actually change the face of how we're doing things with software, then I think we'll start getting more powerful features. So the first thing is kind of a, a sideway to answer your question is I think we need the industry itself to ask for, hey, we really need this technology more and more, and that'll help the vendors do it. Now, in terms of the future, um, again, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, but, it, but I have been through you know 15 years or so in my past of an evolution in medicine. And as I mentioned before, I think we're gonna see very powerful features. I hope we're gonna see very powerful for features come up, for example, where they just mentioned, you know, clinical decision support, being able to do analytics, right, for better outcomes. An example might be you're doing an implant, right? Well, if we have enough data in our database, let's say we're a very large group and we've done a thousand implants this year and we can mine the data and see what materials were successful, which ones failed. My gosh, 
that makes us better at patient care, makes us better all around, right? So I think you're going to see more and more. Unfortunately, I think today we focus, when we hear analytics, we focus on the practice management aspect of it. But I think we're going to get more in terms of the future into clinical analytics as we have EHRs that can support it. Um, I think we're going to get into the area of electronic referrals, which kind of crosses into what you and I have talked a lot about. This, this, isn't, a, this isn't a podcast per se, and interoperability is about EHRs, but the ability to use your EHR to you know, basically integrate records back and forth with referrals with specialists, with primary care folks, general dentists, I think you're going to see more and more of that. So to answer your question, I think it's just going to get, you know, as, as we have more of a recognition, right, of the importance of clinical software, I think that's been somewhat of a weakness in the software industry in the past, in dentistry and in the past in medicine, has been that we focus so much on just having practice management, right, scheduling, billing. We've kind of overlooked the power of clinical software and EHRs, and I think, I think this is where we are right now, is there's more of a realization. So as we realize more how we need it, Demand's going to come more from the industry, and I believe the vendors will create really great, creative, and helpful tools and features and functionality. Um, I mean, I'm speaking. You're a vendor, <laughs> so you kind of know what I'm talking about. But 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 I believe that's the evolution that will happen. But it definitely has to come from the industry. The need we have to educate more about this stuff about EHRs and clinical software, so the industry can basically demand it. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, Mike, is there any other final thoughts you want to have before we wrap it up today? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, what, I, what, what I would mention is, you know, one of my goals ever since I got in the dental industry was to kind of educate the industry on where things are going, EHRs, other software. And so, um, you know, I, I, I would mention that I think dentalsoftware.com, I created it kind of to be a resource site with articles and podcasts and things. So, so I would suggest if anybody has any questions um, as a follow-up in some of our discussion, um, I have written a number of articles over the years and done some podcasts on oral health and EHR. So I think that might be helpful to just kind of take a quick peek and see if there's anything that answers some of the follow-up questions that some of your listeners might have. That's perfect. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, you know, people want to learn more about you and how to track you down. Um, what, what was the best website? So I think you've already hit it. We'll make sure that we add those links in the, in the show notes at the end. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us on, here on the Dental Deep Dive. This has been absolutely fantastic. Um, love your perspective on what you're thinking around with, uh, with the evolution of you know, practice management platforms becoming dental EHRs. And, and I think there's some real value in, in some of the items you've shared today. So thank you again so much. Great. And I do want to thank you, David, and I applaud you for uh, actually bringing this topic up because EHRs are, are definitely becoming more important in our industry. Perfect. All right. Thanks again. And uh, for everybody else, I'll catch you again on our next episode. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Dental Deep Dive. That conversation was so interesting about dental EHRs. Now, stay tuned for our next episode, where we're actually going to go into a more specific area of dental EHRs around interoperability. Now, with all the things that have been happening in our current landscape, and our current world, interoperability is becoming super important. So we're going to dive deep into that. So stay tuned and join us on the next episode. Thanks again for joining. 
This episode of The Dental Deep Dive is sponsored by Dentrix Enterprise. Dentrix Enterprise is unique in its ability to integrate with EHRs and provide customized features for you to help create competitive advantage and accelerate your practice to achieve your goals. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can help your practice, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.